Hello, I'm attorney Barry Boykin. And I'm attorney Kevin Johnson. Welcome to another episode of our podcast, Dynamite Divorce and Other Matters. By now, Barry, I think it's, what are we at, uh, episode 26? We're like uh, leathery old timers here. We have a surprise today and a very uh, good one. We have with us another attorney guest, attorney Drew Curl. Are you here, Drew? I am. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here. Where are you from? As though I don't know. Uh, so I practice right now at Greater Chicago Legal Clinic, uh, as does Barry on this podcast. I've uh, been doing family law work for about 10 years as an attorney, uh, and I live in Chicago now. I'm originally from downstate Illinois, if that's what you meant. We thought it'd be good to freshen things up if you might be the bearer of a topic. And uh, I understand you may have something you're interested in to talk about, and, and hopefully we will uh, disagree with you and tell you why you're wrong. I, I do. So I, I come bearing topics. Um, so the thing that I had proposed to talk about is an issue I've been seeing a lot uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic as it relates to divorce cases, which is e-filing is a surprising barrier to entry for uh, self-represented litigants. In short, you know, it seems like it could be a good thing for a self-represented person to be able to e-file from the comforts of home. But what I've been seeing a lot in practice is that the e-filing system, as it's actually out there, is so complicated. And the explanations for how it works are so bad that a lot of people are having a harder time e-filing stuff than they ever did filing in person, um, which is a double problem now because technically Cook County courts have removed in-person filing unless you get a special waiver. And then when you couple that with COVID-19 restrictions where people have to wait in line to get into buildings and go through temperature checks and everything else, filing in person has really become nearly impossible for a lot of folks. And so I've been seeing a lot of self-represented people that are kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place where they can't really file online because they're not sure how to do it. But they also can't really do it in person because you're not supposed to and you have to jump through so many hoops to get it done. Uh, so that is my idea for a topic. That's the problem I'm seeing. I don't know if you guys are seeing some of the same things with uh, your interactions with the family law system, but I'm, I'm open to other people's experiences on this. Okay. And before we go further, this podcast is no substitute for the specific legal advice you will get by consulting one-on-one -on -one with a licensed attorney in your state or country. We hope that before taking any action that might change your life or your financial situation, and before making decisions that might significantly affect your children and the people around you, you do find and meet with a licensed attorney. Now, now on, with, on the with the show. So, Drew... You're saying that this e-filing stuff is not workable for the average person. It's even complicated for lawyers. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I'd say so. You have to choose your e-filing provider. It's not entirely clear to me why there's such a variety of them. Uh, but there <laughs> oh, is. Yeah. And so that's <sighs> obstacle number one. Once you've done that, and presumably, hopefully, you pick the free one, um, because you're not going to need any of the bulk filing features as a self-represented litigant, it's hopefully not. Um, that the others seem to provide. Then you have to sign up for the thing. Once you signed up for the thing, you have to figure out how to interact with their website, which somehow has like 18 different steps you have to get through just to file one thing. And so, you know, I, I think for a lot of attorneys that didn't grow up, so to speak, using computers all the time, it can be a lot of work just to get that stuff done. And then even more so when you're self-represented. And so not only is the technology maybe foreign, but all the lingo as well for like what different things are called and how to select them from the menu because you're not an attorney and wouldn't know those things. Well, now our, our podcast goes nationwide, probably around the world. And if somebody doesn't know what e-filing is, would you give a simple explanation? 
Sure. I'd say the brief explanation is that you file stuff online on the internet um, instead of in person at the courthouse. And so uh, instead of you know waiting in some clerk's office for a clerk to physically stamp a piece of paper, essentially you're submitting an electronic copy of that document to the clerk to virtually stamp it, hopefully if you did everything right. And now that starts with the electronic copy, which means somebody has to somehow get it into PDF form, right? Um, right, right. Now, for shorter documents, I don't mind plugging products that I have no connection with financially, but Adobe Scan is a free app for phones. And you, if you download Adobe Scan, at least for Android, I don't know about iPhone, you can then frame it up as a, you can see it and it puts a blue box around it. And when you snap it, it eventually becomes a PDF, not an unworkable photo of un- incredible size, but a PDF of much more manageable size. And you can do multiple pages too. Now it takes some doing, and I try to use a scanner instead, but in a pinch, you can actually take your basic paper document, Adobe scan on your phone, snap, 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 and it's not too bad. I don't know what, what you'd recommend people do. Yeah. So Kevin, I'll, I'll say I've done that same thing. So that app exists on iPhone as well. I'm an iPhone user, although actually in the most recent versions of iOS, um, the built-in notes app that Apple provides actually has that same functionality in it. You can scan documents from within it and it saves them as a PDF. <laughs> Back in the olden times, before there was a global pandemic, I actually found that I did that on a semi-regular basis in courtrooms um, where you know an order was signed and I wanted to get an electronic copy to email right away to my client or what have you. And so I would use it right there. Um, and so I, I found myself- I had that. I had- I was almost tackled in a courtroom, you know, like, you counsel, put your phone away. You know, it's right. like, I just want to hopefully snap a copy. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that wasn't okay to somehow take a picture. I thought it was so, like you said, so efficient, high tech, put right. it on the table, snap a copy. It's, I guess it's because the, the camera in the courtroom thing is still not popular with a lot of deputies. <laughs> okay. Even if they let right. attorneys have phones, when you got the camera out, sometimes that seems like it's pushing it for them. So let me jump in here and describe a nightmare situation. Uh, so I, I know of a case. Wait, we're starting to cheer people up. Okay, go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think we'll cheer them up at the end. We'll okay, okay. Uh, Hang on, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, so so first let's lay out what I see the problem to be. Uh, so I, I know of a case where the, and it, and it hit at the absolute worst time last year. It was a, a, a person was served with legal papers in March, right at the onset of COVID-19, the pandemic. And so this person then uh, rushing to the courthouse, because there are certain things you have to do when you get served with a lawsuit, with court papers. And so the person went down to a self-represented litigant, no attorney, could not find an attorney, went to the courthouse, the courthouse was closed. And so there's no oh. one to tell him about e-filing. Oh. Uh, after some months go by, he learns about this mechanism called Zoom, where you can <laughs> get online and and appear in a video conference. And so he attempts to join. He attempts to join the Zoom meeting, but it does does not have the right credentials. Can't get in. And so you you, can, you may see what's coming. Uh, eventually, he's held in default. No response didn't enter into the system. And, and and so now the court is saying, well, well, why didn't you, sir, file on time and, and do the necessary steps to to be involved in the case? 
I describe it as a nightmare because the to the regular layperson who who's not necessarily tech savvy to navigate not only e-filing but also now our Zoom video conferences, it's it's a double whammy. What did you get his case then to try to repair it? Is that why you know about him? I, I did get the case to to repair it and, and to vacate successfully vacate the default judgment. So he's he's back in the case where he can now defend his lawsuit. But uh, I usually, when someone asks me, well, how do I do this thing? I, I'm interested in e-filing and how the heck do I do it? Where do I go? What's the website? And so you, you start out, the person doesn't know about the online clerk's website and yeah. has, has barely heard about e-filing. I draw the analogy. I say, well, it, have you ever filed your tax return electronically? And it's not the same. But there's some mechanism where you can you can register, and the register yeah, but, uh, is onerous. The registration uh, yeah. is it, you you have to go through all these steps. I think as Drew was partly saying. Well, no, I think Drew's right. It's it's a you know just because I can do it, click click click, and I you know some of them are not intuitive. You oh I got to click that one. It's not out of state, but you click it anyway, and you know and as you walk through this, it, I mean, who designed this, right? So. Yeah. And at the end of the process, then there's still the problem that the person will say, well, I still can't get on. I seem to have registered, <laughs> but well, you have to now back it up by a payment method because you yes. have to pay court costs and it won't work unless you've got your payment method set up. And the layperson is not going to necessarily, especially if they're indigent, they're like, mm. well, I don't have any money. I'm filing a, as, a, as a poor person. And what you still have to do, even if your filing is free, which is a whole other discussion. Well, we can we can post some links uh, to this podcast. Uh, you know, a link to I think I've seen one or two how to videos. Uh, you know, by Tyler, the the main company that's running. Things. Oh yes, but yes, and and maybe maybe Drew afterwards here we can um, after we uh, after the pod we can get maybe some links exchanged on that, so we can at least a listener that sees our our explanation page, the info page for this episode could see some links. And so is it just, it's just all bad news, Drew? Is that what it is? It's just a, it's a long, depends. I mean, is there any hope here? What's going on? <laughs> well, there's a few things that could be a cause for hope. Um, you know, I, I guess I would start, start with saying here in Chicago, there is a new clerk of courts on Cook County. And so I do anticipate there may be some improvements coming from that. Um, we'd had the same clerk for about 20 years before that, um, and some of the technological changes were slow in coming. There's some reason for optimism that in the next couple of years, which isn't that soon, it's not going to fix your problems, but down the road, future litigants might have a less difficult time. Um, you know, the other thing I would say is there is like guidance out there, like you, Barry mentioned, or maybe you did, Kevin, the um, Tyler videos. So Tyler is one of the e-filing providers, the free one. And those videos actually are pretty good and will guide people through it pretty well. But the problem is they're really pretty buried to get to. Um, the clerk's website doesn't link directly to them. Um, within the Tyler site, you kind of have to go looking to find it. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of people left to their own devices, you know, what they'll do is just click the begin process button without having viewed any of that stuff. And then you get lost in it because there's like a hundred steps just to register. And that's before you even try to e-file anything. <laughs> I guess then the word would be like counterintuitive. Yeah. I, I heard maybe it's a legend, but I heard that Apple used to take uh, family members of their employees and sit them down in front of their, their, their software and just say, 
uh, see if you can uh, write a letter or something like that. And if they could just intuitively figure it out, that was a major thing. They, they wanted it to be so easy that they didn't need an instruction book, which was a breakthrough in the computer industry. Right. But obviously, we're not at that stage right now with e-filing. It's not intuitive, right? Not intuitive. I, I would say, though, that I, I did have a success story, just to add that in there, to, to, to say the good with the bad. I, I did have one self-represented litigant that was able to successfully register and then to e-file documents. But then the person also has to be aware that there's no automatic delivery of notice to the other side. So the other side, you have right. to have the other side's email information and right. uh, you have to put it in the right way in the program. Uh, otherwise, so it's not just enough to file. You also have to take the following steps as you would with any lawsuit. If you're representing yourself, you have to make sure the other side has notice and the opportunity to appear if you filed a motion and you're trying to get in court. Uh, otherwise, again, you're all dressed up with nowhere to go <laughs> on the court date if uh, if you have not sent out the proper notice. Right, right. So just so it's clear, uh, what we're talking about is giving documents to the court system through the clerk of circuit court. This is Cook County, Illinois. Hello. But normally in the past, you would walk into an office and they would have a stamp and it seemed really official. It was like going to the post office almost. They stamp it, they take the original, they give you back your copy, stamp, stamp, stamp. There's a process which now has been completely short-circuited by COVID. And supposedly, if you did it right, and if you got comfortable with it, you could sit at home and e-file, you know, like all of us are doing. But it seems to be a big hump for people to get over. So how can you participate in your lawsuit if you, you've got to have a computer? I think a basic thing would be you have to have a, a laptop or a computer, right? Because you're going to be doing documents, looking at things. A phone just isn't going to cut it. Can we agree on that? Yeah, it's just yeah. too small to, I mean, you, you to run your lawsuit you phone. Like and I think the the standard you know that they use for if you want to get an e-filing waiver here in Cook County is you need access to a computer and a scanner, which I don't know if you really need a scanner in the age of phones that can create PDFs for you, like we were talking about earlier. But I would agree that like a computer would just make this right. whole process a little bit simpler than trying to navigate through it on your phone. If you have really good Wi-Fi uh, or can get to Wi-Fi, like, uh, then a really simple laptop, like a Chromebook, you know, for $150, you know, you don't have to buy a $700, uh, laptop. You can just have a Chromebook, but that is highly dependent on good Wi-Fi internet. Well, that all sounds complicated, but I want to get my child back or I want to get divorced. You know, what do I do? Is there any hope for someone who's at the bare beginning of their case and just needs to start? I mean, there is legal aid online. We can post a link to that, mm -hmm. right? That, it walks you through how to prepare documents. I think it's a consortium of different nonprofit agencies combined into having a website that will lead you through with a series of questions, preparing basic documents in different areas. I think family law is just one of the many areas to handle. Um, yeah. Legal aid online. I'll get, we'll yeah, put the link. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they also um, have links now. So if you want to seek a legal aid representation, you can apply online for a variety of different agencies all from one website. Um, which is a convenient idea, too. Well, I do have a question uh, directed at Drew regarding his experience in, in one regard, and that is that when you have a, when you talk to a self-represented litigant, which I think you and I both do from time to time, have you had a litigant who has 
uh, expressed inability to to file uh, using the methods we've described here, and they want to travel to the courthouse, in this case, let's say the Daily Center, and say, I, I want to, that exemption you're talking about, I'd like to be exempt from e-filing. How do I do that? So, And have you had a chance yeah. to explain so that to someone? I have. So actually what I see a lot um, is people that just do that, even though, yeah, like, people I try to give instructions on how to e-file, and they never even ask me how to go get an exemption. They just show up in the courthouse and get one. Um, <laughs> one thing I will say that, you know, I think is a benefit to society that the clerk's office is doing is that they're not really policing those waivers very much. Like, pretty much if you show up and say you want them, it seems like they're just giving them to people. And I think it's that, that was true even before COVID, but probably is even more true now since the building is so much less crowded. Um, and so I, I see that a lot. And like, it's, it's a thing where it's like, I know someone has a computer because like they're emailing me a bunch from their computer, but like they're, you know, don't want to use it for e-filing because it's so difficult to figure out how to e-file anything on your own. It's easier for them to, you know, risk getting COVID and show up in person, which is, you know, not a great statement about the quality yeah. of the system. Yeah. Like well, it, and even if they went to the D daily center, say, for example, the main building for Cook County Circuit Court, being there in person doesn't mean being there in person for court, right? They're still not, they're still going to be on Zoom for all their right. court appearances. That's actually a whole area so, where COVID's made this even, like, I kind of thought this was a problem before COVID, but now it's gotten even more convoluted because with Zoom court, the rules for how those things get scheduled have changed several times. And it's been difficult for attorneys, I know, to keep up with how it's working. Uh, let alone, I don't even know how you're supposed to find that out, out as a self-represented litigant because these, you know, these are just general orders posted by the domestic relations division on the domestic relations division website, which no one would know to check. Um, and even if you do know to check, they're not super obvious where they are. And then reading them, they're like pages and pages long. There's like 25 of them out there now about COVID. So it's like, it's so much work just to know how to even schedule a thing. Like, I think as it stands now, you schedule it through the e-filing system. But previously, you had to email someone specifically to get it done. And, you know, those those rules have all been changing just in the last, like, 10 months. So it's, you know, a lot to keep up with. We can post a link direct into the uh, administrative orders because it is hard to click your way in and find the most recent administrative orders. They're constantly updating the Zoom list for judges to where I think January 20th was the most recent one posted. And that has the Zoom meeting ID and password that it's treated like that courtroom for that judge. And it's been a great system that way. So I'm a big believer in Zoom, but you have to have the list to know where to go. So we'll post that link. So hopefully people can can navigate. Now you mentioned, Drew, that people could sign a waiver or file something that would allow them to file in person. But have they reduced their workload or the complexity of their case? Because they still now have to get to the courthouse, go through COVID screening procedures just to deliver their document to the court, like say in uh, room 802, right? Wouldn't it be easier to figure out the e-filing system? I think so, but I think for a lot of folks, you know, the technical stuff is so daunting if you don't have someone holding your hand kind of the entire, at least first way through, a lot of people would rather just go in person so they could actually get that assistance basically. The use of email, is almost mandatory. I had a case recently, we finished up a divorce and all through it, <coughs> the, uh, the other side, the pro se litigant didn't have an attorney. He didn't have email either. And I mean, I had to mail stuff, FedEx stuff, just to satisfy, I thought the judge would wanna know that I gave him notice and 
fortunately showed up at the final court date. So it was clear that he knew, but it was so unnerving not to have an email. And I would say to the listeners, please don't tell everybody, well, I just don't use email. I don't have email. I think it could be said that's a basic requirement. You can get an email account for free. I mean, Gmail's free, Hotmail's free. I've just named two of the big players, but that should not be a barrier. And if you had to, you could use email on your phone. So at no added cost, right? Again, it's probably not the best place to prepare documents. Uh, I wouldn't want to look through such a small keyhole at my documents all the time. But is there any agency that's really doing this now to sort of explain e-filing to people? As far as like guidance and how to actually do the e-filing thing, I I honestly don't know for sure if anyone's doing it, you know, that much. Like, um, I know Barry and I, our agency, will occasionally do brief services cases where we prepare documents for people to file themselves, and we'll provide some instructions on how to get it done. But you know, we only have so much capacity to do that. Um, I assume other legal aids probably do similar things. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Carpels, which is like the at least you know tries to be one of the clearing houses for people to call to try to get relief from a variety of different legal aids. I would be surprised if they can provide some of this advice over the phone. But the, the truth is it's it's hard to do over the phone with people because you're not looking at their screen. So unless you're doing, you know, like a Zoom screen share, which like if they can get that much done, they're probably okay just e-filing on their own. You know, it's, it's hard to guide people through that stuff. Like it's a lot easier when you can see the screen and tell them exactly what to do with what they're seeing, you know? Well, in the final, you know, say final five minutes or so, is there anything we can do? It's I'm almost despairing of you know how people can handle this complex legal system and layered on that, the technological complexity of Zoom court and electronic filing. What's a person to do? Is there any hope we can offer our listeners? It's daunting in a way, but the information that you need really is like all out there. You just have to kind of put in the time to find and read it. So if you're listening to this podcast, we'll have helpful links so you can go directly to it. And then once you're at that, like you can read every single thing and know as much about it as any of the three of us do, because all the things that we know about it are basically from, you know, seeing what's been put out there and then doing it a few times, which if you have your own case, you'll you'll be in that same boat pretty quickly. Um, you know, because the, the, the truth of the matter is e-filing is kind of a pain to get registered and set up. But once you've done it once, you kind of know how to do it. And so if you ever need to file more stuff in your case, you'll know. Um, and same thing with with Zoom. It's unusual to get it set up the first time, but once you're there, you know most likely you know you're gonna have the same Zoom info over and over with the same judge, unless your judge leaves or something. So you kind of once you've done it, you'll know how to do it. You'll know how to find those changes if they happen. So I do think a lot of this stuff is stuff that the first time you see it, it's a lot. But then after that, it's actually easier than it used to be because you don't have to leave your home and you don't need to take as much time off work. You don't have to you know kind of navigate in-person clerks interactions, which may or may not be helpful for you because it's all just a computerized <laughs> system now. So once you've done it, there's a lot of benefits. Right. It's just, it can be daunting to get to that point. So the message is cheer up. Uh, it's not as bad as it seems. And if you can figure out how to make a cake from a cooking video or something like that, maybe it, you could figure out e-filing. Somebody out there, I'm sure, thought when they designed this interface, all the screens and everything, that it was the easiest possible way to do it. But obviously, other people have different opinions. I'd like to add briefly to what Drew is saying, which I, I agree with what he said uh, about the information is there. I'd say, though, that my, my experience had with the clerk's office, I have great admiration for the clerk's office. But I think that 
things have changed and because of the pandemic and that uh, previously it would be a mob scene at Chicago Cook County First District. It would be a mob scene in room 802 at the clerk's office, uh, people waiting long, long time, close together in close quarters with numbers. Now, this is before the pandemic. Now, after the pandemic now, of course, that service has to be curtailed. So there has to be social social distancing. There have been some clerks who have uh, become ill with COVID. And some judges, we know, have become ill with COVID. And uh, so people also want to remain safe during this time. And so the e-filing, I think, is a vital thing to learn and, and, and just go to the clerk's office yeah. really as a last resort. They still will help you. Really? They still will help you, but they're going to do it from a socially distant manner <laughs> <laughs> and try to keep themselves safe and yourself and you safe as well. And I, I think we have well, to take that into account when we talk about, and, and really I would myself as a tech savvy kind of person, uh, you know, uh, the e-filing I think is a good way of, of our, all of us keeping ourselves safe. Well, I think so too. Uh, I guess if I could try to persuade our listeners that it is worth it yeah. to thread the needle and try to figure out e-filing because the alternative is what stamping things, trying to get them in the mail, or actually maybe going down there and having it stamped and then scanning it anyway and emailing it to the other side. Already the rules require, I think there's rule 11 that guides us here for lawyers, that it's required that you electronically serve documents. So between lawyers, it's a, it's required that it be essentially by email. So they give pro se litigants, those without attorneys, a little break that you could, I guess, mail something. But uh, everybody's using email. So, you know, if you can get with a program and, and you know, it's, yes, it's, it's difficult at first, but I think I agree once you get it, you will not want to go back. I think this is an easier system. And Kevin, and Kevin, um, you mentioned the regular mail. It, I've also encountered situations where the attorney's office is quarantined or, or the <laughs> office is yeah. working reduced hours and the attorney says, well, I'm not in the office from such and such and such and such. So, right. so there's, it, and it just causes a greater delay. So there's a delay with regular mail, even beyond the delay that we might see just in the regular one or two days it might take from, you know, one Chicago location to another to get the mail. We didn't really dig into Drew's mind though for for ideas. <laughs> and so, I mean, about practical tips for. But anyway, um, well, you know what? We have to have you on again. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, back to we can okay. get the other right, topic about right. Zoom. You know, hey, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's we'll, it. We'll get you back. Topic so okay. Two. Well, it appears that we've come to the end of our time for this episode. Hopefully we've encouraged you rather than discouraged you. Hopefully you've heard hopeful things about e-filing. All three of us as attorneys are using it a lot. And we sit back with a computer, an email account, and an e-filing account. You can really do something. We'll put some links, maybe some helpful video links. I'll try to find a Tyler uh, explanation video. I think I saw one time. Carpels was mentioned, a nonprofit legal services operation. Who knows? Maybe we'll put the Chicago Greater Chicago Legal Clinic on there. <laughs> do, you, do you guys want more calls? <laughs> we'll see. But uh, okay, well, uh, thank you very much. I'm Attorney Kevin Johnson. And I'm Attorney Barry C. Boykin. And I'm Attorney Drew Carroll. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>